This is God's doing. It's his work. On the right-hand side of the page, on the back, you'll see four things, three of which are going to be big emphases this year. I'm just going to mention them. Most of you know about them. You'll hear more details in the days to come. I'm not going to take your time right now because I have something else I need to tell you before we go. First of all, we're going to continue moving forward to expand our full-time ministry staff. We're going to begin the process of, or continue the process of seeking God's face and adding a second full-time person to our ministry staff. And I know there's some of us who are saying, okay, that's, that's great, Pastor. We'd love to do that, but how in the world are we going to be able to afford that? Well, we're going to do a little bit of research because it dawned on me about a week ago that in 2007, we had $30,000 less in our budget than we have today, and yet we had three full-time staff members. So we're going to look and figure out, do we need to reorganize some things? Do we need to relook at some things? But believe me, we're not going to call a single person until this body believes, number one, that he's the right person for us, and number two, that we have the resources to be able to support him when we bring him on. Secondly, we're going to continue focusing on our gospel communities. That's just another word for small groups. We already have the largest and most organized small group ministry of any denomination in the world, and that's our Sunday school. Sunday school is a small group ministry. But about 60% of the world around us is not excited about coming to a church building on Sunday morning. Whether we like that or not, it is reality. 60% of people today are not even remotely interested in an attractional sort of way to connect with church. And so in order for us to meet where they are, we have to go to where they are. So starting gospel communities out in the community will help us find ways to reach out in new and fresh ways to people who need to know the love of Jesus Christ as they look through the windows of our lives and see Christ. Thirdly, we're going to be organizing our church structure to become more biblically based. Now, we are more biblical than most churches. I'm not talking just about us, but there are thousands and thousands of churches that by default have slowly moved into more of a secular business way of doing the operation and functioning of the church body than a spiritual biblical way. And so we're going to be working on that. I listed just a couple of things. First of all, we're going to see to it that we form ministry teams through our 24D process that will help us to work together with spiritual gifted leaders as we do the ministry of the church. Now, the administration, the four basic committees, they're right there in place. We need at least four groups of folks that are handling the, the work, the, the building, the finances, staff relations, and volunteer base. But beyond that, what goes on in this room on a Sunday morning, how we get out in the community, those teams will begin to be built. And that's why I want to encourage every one of you starting this month, actually February, to get involved with 24D. It gives you one free lunch a month every Sunday on a Sunday. Everybody gets a free lunch out of the deal. And you can be part of watching as we begin this process of building these teams. And you may find a place that, well, I'd like to fit in there. I think I would, have, I would really enjoy that, or I have real giftedness for that. The fourth thing on the list is something that is just beginning to get into the phase. It's going to be a multiple-year process that God has laid on my heart, and that is to move us toward understanding what biblical leadership is all about. I'm not going to say a lot about that right now. You'll be hearing a lot about it in the months ahead. But we're going to do what I call a 3D model. We're going to define, we're going to um, develop, and we're going to deploy people who understand what a biblical leader looks like. You see, what's happened is we've let secular leadership models invade the church. It's time for a biblical model to invade the world. Let me say that again, because some of y'all weren't listening. You weren't ready. For too long, we in the church have allowed a secular way of doing leadership 
to influence the church. It's time for the church and biblical leadership to impact the world, to influence the world. We need men and women out in every area, business, finance, law, medicine, education, the arts, modeling biblical leadership at a grassroots level and begin to effect change in the world. Do you remember those 11 guys? 11? Or if you want to expand it, say the 120 in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, it was a matter of just a few years when they were dragged in and being accused, these people are turning the whole world upside down. What would it take for them to say that about us? These people are turning Waterloo upside down. They're turning Monroe County upside down. They're turning the metro area upside down with their ways and their ways of handling things and the way they make decisions. Well, we're going to learn what that means. But what I really wanted to tell you was something that's not on the list. We're stuck right now as a church. We're just kind of stuck. We're doing all the right things. We're teaching and preaching God's word. Bible study, worship, worshiping him. We have a plethora of ministries that we're doing all over the community, here and out. But for some reason, we just seem to be stuck. Have you ever sensed that? We're just kind of stuck right where we are right now. We're just kind of sitting here. We're not going backwards, I don't think, but we're just kind of sitting still. Well, guess what? So are thousands of other churches around us. There are pastor websites. There are pastor discussion boards. There are church leader blogs and sites where they're saying, we're just stuck. We can't figure out what we're doing wrong, but something is not, is not going right, and we're just stuck, and we want to get unstuck. And so do I, and I think so do you. I think we want to regain a sense of direction about where it is that God is leading us and how he's leading us. Let me tell you how it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen coming out of that room right over there on that hallway that I call my office. I know there are pastors out there who will say, well, I'll let the Lord tell me and then I'll come and let you guys know what we're going to be doing. And there's a time and a place for that. If it's a spiritual matter, and, that's, and this is a spiritual matter in some ways, but I think it's more than that. I'm going to ask you to give me some time. I'm going to be doing some research. I'm going to be talking to some other pastors that, have, that, are, that are over this hump and are beginning to move forward again and find out. And I want us as a church family, I want you, us, together to talk about what do we believe God, the Holy Spirit, would have us to do? What direction does he want us to continue moving forward? In some ways, it's a given. He wants us to be sharing the gospel and worshiping him and exalting Christ. We know those things. But what does that specifically mean for us? What does it look like for First Baptist Church of Waterloo? I believe the Holy Spirit will bring it to us as a body. And so six months from today, actually six months from tomorrow, will be the last Sunday in July. I will come back to you, not with a program, not with a book, not with a plan, but with, well, I guess a plan in a sense, but in a plan of how we can talk together as a church family. And then the second half of this year, we're going to be looking at a five-year vision, I guess five-year, three-year, four-year, eight-year, I don't know, a vision moving forward past next month of where we believe God would want us to be going as a church family. And I want to invite every one of you to begin now praying, praying for me, Pastor Darrell, the new staff member that we're going to be looking to bring on staff, our deacons, other elected leaders in our church, and each other. You begin looking and watching and praying. You begin reading your Bible and saying, Lord, what is it you want us to do so we won't be stuck anymore as a church family?
so that we can continue to move forward doing the work that God has called us to do. Does that mean we'll grow numerically? I have no idea. Does it mean we'll grow financially? I have no idea. Does it mean that we will be blessed by God? I absolutely believe we will. As long as we are being faithfully obedient to what God has called us to do, I just want to make sure that we are moving in the right direction. And I believe, like George Washington did at the Battle of Assumpta Creek, we need everybody's opinion before we make a decision. And then we'll make the decision together as a family. What do we, how do we go forward at this point? What do we need to do next? God may drop it in our laps on us. We don't know. But I want you to know that God is not finished. There is work for us to be done. And through these things we're doing right now, it's just getting us ready. It's getting the ground. It's continuing. As we expand our staff, as we continue emphasizing small groups out in the community, as we work together to organize our structures that we're more biblically based, more based on leadership, uh, spiritual gifts, than leadership by secular models, we will then be able to be ready to say, okay, now, Lord, where do we, what do you want us to do now? What do you want us to do next? With our worship, with our outreach, with all the different areas in our life. Do I have ideas? Of course I have ideas. I'm a pastor. I always have ideas. I probably have five more ideas than we need, but I do not want to take one more step unless we have had a chance to talk together about it as a church family. So give me time. Pray with me. Because the head of this table is also the head of this church. Pastors come and pastors go. Staff members come, staff members go. Even members come and members go. How many of you were here on the, in 1954 when we started this church? Not one. And yet we are still the first Baptist church of Waterloo. And Jesus tarries 100 more years. Guess what? There'll still be a first Baptist church of Waterloo, God willing. And it'll be all people who say, I don't know who Steve Neal was other than he's a name on a plaque somewhere. But this is our chapter. This is our watch. This is our time to determine how do we get unstuck And how do we begin again seeing God bless us in great and mighty ways beyond anything that we've seen in a long time? I believe he'll do it if we'll just ask him. So we're going to pray together. And then I think we're going to sing something to get us ready for the Lord's Supper. I don't have my order with me. But we're going to pray together. And believe me, I could have spent 25 minutes just talking about getting unstuck. But it's probably a God thing that he could say, okay, you got eight minutes. There you go. You're not the only one that has a little time limit. And I want you to be praying. I want you to begin thinking and feeling, what would it feel like for us to be unstuck? And how can we yield ourselves to God so he can do it through us? Father, it would have been so easy to turn this into an infomercial with all kinds of programs and this and that and the other, but for whatever reason, that was not your plan for today. Your plan was for me to share my heart. I know I'm not the best preacher this church has ever had. I am sure not the best administrator. I'm probably not the best pastoral caregiver. But Lord, I believe the depth of my soul, there has never been a pastor in this pulpit that loved these people more than I do. You have burdened me with a heart of love for them. I carry it in my soul every day. And a commitment to you first and to them as your people. Lord, I honestly don't believe that we are in any kind of deep sin. I don't think that we are being disobedient to you. But for whatever reason, you have allowed us to stay in neutral for this period. And now we are ready to move forward. And we're going to talk together as a family and determine what that looks like, what we believe you would want us to do, how we believe you would want us to go forward. But Father, now as we yield our hearts and our minds to you as we sing, 
I pray that you'll prepare us and prepare our hearts as we come to the table, reminding that the thing that binds us together is not where we live or our financial situation. What binds us together is the body and blood of Christ. And I pray that that body and that blood will be ingested into us and will bind us together as one body, many cells, one body, serving you together. In Jesus' name. Amen.